0: Welcome again to Between the Lines, and today is Tuesday, April twenty fifth. We're so glad you're joining us, and we've got another guest today. Yes, you do, Paul Hart. Thanks for coming and joining us. Hey, it's great being here, Paul Hart. For those of you who don't know, Paul is one of our elders. He's in fact, he and I have been friends for fifteen over fifteen years. I came here fifteen years ago. Paul was an elder then, still is an elder. His wife is my assistant, and um, we've uh, and now now Paul. Uh, after retiring, actually twice, you 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 must be really old, Paul. You've retired two times. It just doesn't stick. <laughs> and uh, he's back to work again now. Though we've got him, uh, we've got him a real job that doesn't pay nearly as well. But uh, Paul retired from two different police departments. And yeah, and he's... then I had two weeks of COVID, and then I was back working again. <laughs> he is our campus pastor at our North Side location in Chicago. And uh, the interesting thing about that, Paul, you grew up
1: going to church in that same building where you are now the campus pastor. Yeah, that was uh, the church where I went as a child all the way until I married Becky, and that was the church where I got saved. It was the church where I got baptized. So cool. And now you're baptizing people in that same church, in the same baptistry where you got baptized. Yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's really pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have some great memories there. My dad got baptized there, too, and he didn't know how to swim. And we had an older pastor, and he came up fighting out of the water. So when he came up like to resurrection life, he came out like exploding out of the water. <laughs> so I kind of think sometimes that's how Jesus came out of the grave, just exploding yeah. like that. Well, that's a great picture. Now, your dad your dad didn't know how to swim. Wasn't he in the Navy, I thought? He was in the Army, and then he was in the Air Force. Oh, okay. He never swam in his life, didn't like uh, being in a pool. But uh, he uh, he wanted to get baptized, and yeah. he wanted to show people that he was following Jesus. So. The most memorable baptisms that I've done are, are of people that were so afraid of the
0: water. In fact, uh, one of our other elders' wives, you know Cheryl, uh, she Dennis had never known her to ever have her face under the water, and it was such a joy when I baptized her. Yeah. It's the first time he ever knew her to have her face under the water. Yeah, same thing with my dad.
1: Wow. Pretty cool. Well,
0: let's get started uh, in the the scriptures here. Now, when, when you think about the book of Philippians, Paul,
1: what do you think of? Well, I wish you wouldn't ask me questions like that. I'm, <laughs> I have like a year of Bible school and uh, just a theology class. But I do know that Philippians is one of the prison epistles that Paul wrote in prison. Yeah. And the strange thing that hits me about that is that he was in prison, a place where we would think it was just terrible, and he's speaking about the joy and the priceless value of knowing Jesus Christ. Yeah, this book,
0: it is, it is an incredible book for a lot of people. It's their favorite book in the scripture. Yeah. You want to go ahead and start reading? Sure. Verse 1 of chapter 3, Philippians 3,
1: verse 1. Sure. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Which that right there seems a little interesting to me. Telling them to
0: rejoice in the Lord to safeguard their faith. Or there is this tie between rejoicing, because it's not like you can create within you this happiness. That seems like it'd be a fake happiness. But whether you feel happy or not, you can rejoice,
1: which does produce joy. Right. It, and it and it strengthens your faith, because it, it's like an upward spiral. You experience the joy, you trust in God, and it strengthens your faith and when you experience joy and it continues like that. That's so cool. Right. Now, we take a little bit of a turn in verse two, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. Paul says to them, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Jesus Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Of course, he was battling against the legalism that was trying to move from uh, because it
0: was so common in Judaism and so uh, some of the first century Jews when they would go get into the church they would try to drag their legalism along with them and force people to follow the deeds of the law
1: i can't imagine being an adult male and wanting them wanting me to be <laughs> circumcised we would oh. that would have been a tough conversation that
0: that would have been.
1: <laughs> verse 4 though i would have confidence in my own effort if anyone could Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. And so now Paul goes into, in verse 5, he starts talking about his pedigree as a a Jewish Christian. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I hardly persecuted the church. I, I'm sorry, I harshly perse- persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. So he's listing off all these things that if anybody
0: could claim eternal life because of their good works, he should be able to claim that, but he is saying that's it didn't do it for me it did, because those good works could never do it.
1: Yeah, and he's saying he was he was following everything just like the Pharisees we're supposed to be following, and that as far as the world looked at things, he was very righteous, but he's not. He said in verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For the sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one, with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead, and I want to suffer with Him, sharing in His death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection of the dead. Hmm. You know, and and people
0: struggle with that when he talks about sharing in Christ's suffering and sharing in his death. But Paul's whole point was that, and, and you know, of course, in the first century, they were looking forward to Jesus's return, just as we should be today. And some of them were thinking, you know, it'd be a great thing if I don't even have to die, that I could just, Jesus returns before death. But Paul was helping them to understand, too, that even for us to go through and experience death, the blessing of that is that we then get to experience the resurrection, because if Jesus returns, and you know, if the rapture were to take place and we're simply translated into our into our eternal state, that we don't actually get to go through the same experiences as those
1: that Jesus did with death and the resurrection. And Paul just shoots to death this whole trying to be good enough to get to heaven yeah. and just drives home its righteous through faith. It, yep, it's in Christ alone.
0: All right, I'll pick up in verse twelve. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. It's speaking of the process of sanctification as we become more and more like Jesus. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. That's that heavenly prize, you know, the picture there is somebody who is running a race and that heavenly prize, which was a leafy, just a leafy crown, which he talks about actually uh, later on. But that, that leafy crown is just something that's going to perish. But he says, we're going to receive this crown that won't go away. That That is our eternity with Christ in yeah, heaven. It's forever. We can't, we can't lose our salvation. So verse 15, let all who spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. We must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Talking about in opposition to the grace, because if you could get to heaven through your good works, well, then you don't need the cross. That's his point here. Right. They are headed for destruction because they're they're delivering a false message. They're, they're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth, which that
1: in and of itself, that, that's the, the problem that most of us face, is yeah. thinking too temporary. We never think about eternity. We're always looking just what we can see here. But we
0: are citizens of heaven, he says, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And, of course, that doesn't mean that we don't pay attention to what's going on now but ultimately, it, it should. We should always see everything today in the backdrop of eternity in heaven, and that's where our citizenship lies. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same power with which He will bring everything under His control.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. It it, it gives us a real hope to look forward to. I don't understand how the rest of the people in the world who don't know Christ can can live in that. Not- Worry or think about their future in eternity. Yeah,
0: because all of us are—we're getting older. We're all going to face some uh, illness, some kind of a major sickness, and we—it doesn't take long at all. I mean, you know, Paul, you and I were the same age, yeah. and uh, but e- even when we were in our 30s already, we started feeling the the aspects of aging. That we, at 35, I couldn't do the things I could do when I was 25,
1: and. Boy, today, I sure can't do what I could do when I was 25. <laughs> and I just even think about going to my 10-year reunion in high school, and there were over a dozen people from my high school class who had already died by the time wow. I was 28. And yeah. I think about life is so short. It I is. mean, people sometimes don't realize we're not going to be here forever. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is huge, knowing Christ.
0: All right, I want to look at, uh, we're in Proverbs, so Proverbs 25, and as always, we encourage you to read the whole chapter, but... Verse 11, I'm going to combine it with verse 12, because this is, this is great Proverbs here. It says, timely advice is as lovely as golden apples in a silver basket, which it's just it's painting this beautiful picture that giving the right words, giving wisdom to another person, it's like giving this beautiful gift. And then in verse 12, he says, valid criticism. We would say constructive criticism, that is when, when you have a relationship where you've earned that right to be able to speak into somebody's life, and, and all of us should be looking for that, looking for constructive criticism from people that we can trust. Valid criticism is as treasured by the one who heeds it as jewelry made from finest
1: gold. And that one line in there, it says to the one who listens. Mm-hmm. How many of us hear valid criticism or hear like preaching in church and walk out of church and just keep living the same way. Are we listening? Are we applying it? That, to me, that's so huge. Yeah. And that, that's what the word of God is
0: for. Well, listen, we're so glad that you joined us today. Paul's going to be back with me again tomorrow. And so I look forward to uh, that time with you again. Otherwise, you've been listening to Between the Lines with Paul and Scott Junior's going to be back again next week. And this day, today... Look at everything in light of eternity.
1: Yep. Have forever eyes. Have a great day.